right. Um, all right. I've um, Morgan to hang around because uh, she chose our song for this week. Um, I don't know if you ever watch the playlist that we put out each week, but um, Morgan was the choice um, to do that this week. Um, and Morgan chose a choral piece and an instrumental piece and a Christina Aguilera song. So Morgan, um, I think in churches, we tend to think that worship is singing, like it's just singing and it's actually not even singing everything. It's singing this very specific little set of songs. So tell me, why did you choose what you chose this week? Yeah, um, I have been finding lately, like in the past couple of years, um, on the one hand, worship, I used to think, was just strictly singing with a band and in church. Um, and it was very word heavy and kind of like a gateway for me into a lot of guilt and shame. And so I've been kind of shifting away from that to find out what is where I connect and what is true for me. And that has looked like a lot of non-word based music in general. Um, I find that choral pieces of music or instrumental especially, um, that the, there are no words and so I'm just relying on sound and that sound, whether it's harmonies or melodies, how something is moving throughout the entire piece, um, that really moves me. And so the first two pieces are like that. The Christina Aguilera piece, um, actually is with another artist, Great Big World, who I love. Um, and their two voices move me into a place of worship. Um, if you want me to keep on talking, I will. Ooh, that's, um, that's cool. So uh, if you didn't listen to that already, please go listen to that after. It was, it's, a really, it's a really beautiful set of songs. I love that Christina Aguilera song. And we're actually gonna use a few of those words in the lecture right now. So Morgan, thank you very much. We give you a round of applause and all the rest of it. Thank you. It's good to have you with us. And uh, let me share my screen again. So, um, second. Okay. So uh, I would love you right now just to pay attention to the spirit around you and within you. This is Pentecost Sunday. So this is the time to do that. This, uh, I'm going to weave in and out the words of Fall on Me and Psalm 104. If you've got nature near you, sky that you can look at, I would encourage you to look at it as you read. We have um, squirrels in the yard, chipmunks that are eating out from what the birds have discarded from the feeder. Wherever you are, be there. I close my eyes and I'm seeing you everywhere. I step outside. It's like I'm breathing you in the air. I can feel you're there. There is so much here, O eternal one, so much you have made. By the wise way in which you create, riches and creatures fill the earth. And all of these look to you to give them food when the time is right. When you feed, they gather what you supply. When you open your hands, they are filled with good food. When you withdraw your presence, they are dismayed. When you revoke your breath, their life goes out of them and they become again the dust of the earth, which you formed the, which, from which you formed them at the start. When you send out your breath, your spirit, life is created and the face of the earth is made beautiful and is renewed. I close my eyes and I'm seeing you everywhere. I step outside, it's like I'm breathing you in the air. 
I can feel you're there. Fall on me with open arms. Fall on me from where you are. Fall on me with all your light, with all your light, with all your light. I will sing to the eternal all of my life. I will call my God good as long as I live. May the thoughts of my mind be pleasing to him for the eternal has become my happiness. As for the eternal, call God good, my soul. Praise the eternal. I close my eyes and I'm seeing you everywhere. I step outside. It's like I'm breathing you in the air. I can feel you're there. I can feel you're there. Cool. Thanks, Morgan. But yeah, do go listen to her, listen to her um, worship set. It's very cool. All right, we're going to take communion together. This is the Sarah show this morning. It's just rolling from one thing to another. Um, the, uh, we're going to take communion together because this is the place where we come to meet with Jesus. This is the place where we get to be together. It's the table that he invites us to. If you were ever with us in the before times when we were live, then you might remember that we often did communion in small groups, giving people a chance to take communion together and then chat and maybe pray for one another. And I was reminded of this during the week when I had a chat with Harry Dirksen on the phone. So this we're going to call this communion a la Harry. Um, and he said that this was the one thing that he was actually really missing was our chance to actually chat with a few people and take communion together um, and just come to the table in a, in a small group and pray for each other. So uh, we're going to do that. And so just before Jesus died, he shared a final meal with his disciples. He shared a cup of wine and a loaf of bread with them and said, this is my body and my blood. Eat and drink them and remember me. And we do this to remember Jesus' sacrificial love for all humanity. So as we participate in this meal every Sunday, we are saying a resounding yes to the love, forgiveness and mercy that Jesus extended to the world through his death. Mm -hmm. If you want to say your yes, please, to God's love, forgiveness and mercy today, then please join us. Um, I am going to split us up into breakout rooms. And in your small group, um, I'd love you to share what you most resonate with this morning of those things. Is it um, love, forgiveness, mercy, perhaps something else? So sharing your small groups, what it is that you most need as you come to the table? What is it you're coming to seek as you come to Jesus? What is it you're asking him for? So tell each other that and then take the bread and the wine or whatever you're using to represent those today. Pray together and then I'll invite you back to the big group. If you don't want to go to a small group, then stay right where you are. I will hang with you and then we'll wait for everybody to come back. So when it says on your screen, join a breakout room, then click join or stay here with me and we'll take communion together and then we'll wait for everybody to come back. So here we go, rooms are opening. If you see a thing saying join, then join. Good luck, I'll see you soon. Can you hear that? Or is it just me that can hear that? You can all hear that, that's <laughs> hilarious. Well, this meeting is being recorded at a very official sounding voice. Okay, rooms will all close in 25 seconds if everybody doesn't come back in the meantime. They have to come back. They, they have to come back then. <laughs> It'll just close them, dump them back in here. Well, I mean, that's a way we can get to do community together, which is kind of fun. So um, 
I hope that wasn't too scary of an experience. If you ended up in a room on your own, I'm sorry about that. That's because a bunch of people hung out here. That's a nice way to meet other people and to just be in a smaller space together, which we would do. I mean, in, in the live, we would actually circle our chairs up and do that and then come back together. So it's nice to be able to do it virtually like that. So thanks for playing along. I'm sorry I made it short. I don't want you all to freak out the first time, but maybe a bit longer next time. We'll see what happens. I hope you had time to at least say a few words to each other. Is everybody back? Let's hope so. All right. Um, I don't know. Might be. Might not be. Uh, okay. Let's pray for Eden, and um, and then we'll uh, release her. Say whatever it is she needs to say today. So God, I thank you for Eden. I thank you for what you've given her today. I thank you for your spirit in her and uh, working through her. And I pray, God, that you would use her to bring your life this morning, whatever that looks like for us. Amen. Okay, Eden, over to you. Good morning, everyone. <clears throat> It's nice to see you again. My family's always really happy for Sundays because it means I actually shower and wash my hair once a week. And so just for that purpose alone, um, you know, everybody's happy on a Sunday in my house. Um, so it's Pentecost Sunday, which um, is interesting because I grew up in a faith culture um, that did not really focus on the Holy Spirit much at all. My understanding was that it was meant to be kept in the context of scripture and that it really wasn't something we engaged within, uh, you know, present day. I remember uh, going to a Pentecostal service with my mom when I was maybe like 10. I have no idea why we went to this service and I might've told you this story before, but within the context of that service, I heard people responding audibly to the message, like with hallelujah and amen. Um, I saw people raising their hands during hymns. Um, and I, I thought, man, when once you sit down in that bench, you better not move. And so I, I was like, what's going on? And I was confused when someone behind me started to babble in some nonsensical language. I leaned over to whisper to my mom, what's going on, mom? And she whispered back, we'll talk later, which we never did. Then even in my Bible school experience, the Holy Spirit was not really a thing there either. I remember rumors of some of the students going into Moose Jaw for an evening service and getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, my goodness. So then they wanted to have weekly meetings where they could pray and speak in tongues. And it was shut down by the administration. Why? Well, the conclusion for me was that the Holy Spirit was the dirty little secret of the Trinity, the wild one, hard to control, and obviously quick to make a mess. Then in the 90s, I was introduced to the Holy Spirit. I learned about manifestations, prophetic words, healings, tongues, liver shivers, doing the bacon, and all manner of silliness. I watched mostly, uh, just intrigued by what I was seeing, and amused by some of the antics, and drawn to the sweet spirit 
that I was really beginning to sense. I was witnessing a side of God that was new, but not altogether foreign. With time, I became more than an observer of the Holy Spirit. I found more ways to express my love for God and became less afraid of engaging with the Spirit, even if that meant I might not have total control of myself. I could hear the Spirit whisper in my ear, sharing pictures and words with me. And I felt emboldened to ask Spirit questions and engage in a conversation. I became courageous enough to share what I was hearing with those that needed to hear it. As I look back over my life, I see that Holy Spirit was always part of it, always active, just not always in the same manner. My primary faith community most definitely engaged and moved in the spirit, though they didn't label it as that. It was not in the Sunday morning service that we would see the spirit overtly manifest, but rather in the coming alongside and helping those who were in need. As a community, we sponsored and supported quite a number of refugee families. We helped with disaster relief, both local and further afield. And we created and delivered many, many, probably hundreds of Christmas hampers to local families. We kept abreast of local needs, whether support for individuals and families in hard times or groups that needed space to meet. These were all ways that the Holy Spirit was moving within our community. Then within the context of our youth group, the Holy Spirit began to move in less subtle ways. The youth began fervently praying for each other, bringing friends from school to Wednesday night youth group and having them fall on the floor as the worship began. Some of these kids had zero context to church and most definitely to the Holy Spirit. But as they laid on the floor, either crying or laughing, we would ask, what's happening in you? The answer most often would be, I just feel so loved. I've never felt this before. They began to share this love around, encouraging one another, building each other up, comforting and helping each other. And then they would go back to school to share what had happened to them, giving hope to kids who were hopeless and inviting them to come see for themselves. As we moved into the 21st century, we saw the Holy Spirit in yet another way. Our little Freshwind Church was about one third folks with de uh, developmental challenges and their caregivers. We began, began we began to see the Holy Spirit move in those friends that society generally sees as less than. We came to the understanding that there is no junior Holy Spirit or a disabled Holy Spirit. Besides recognizing that the Spirit was flowing through our friends in wheelchairs, we were also seeing how the children were manifesting the Spirit as well. Their drawings were showing us that they could see things we weren't. And their selfless worship was helping us to see what childlike faith looked like. And their voices were giving messages far beyond their years. 
The passages for today are full of descriptions of the Holy Spirit. There's not one way to describe the Spirit. There are many ways to describe how the Spirit moves. So it's no wonder that churches and denominations have different expressions of the Spirit that they highlight. Let's just go through the list of descriptive terms used to describe the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I'm using John 15, Acts 2, and Romans 8, which are all uh, passages from the lectionary for this morning. And I'm just summarizing. So from John 15, the Holy Spirit is called the advocate, friend, comforter, helper, intercessor, counselor, also called the spirit of truth and a witness for Jesus. The spirit will guide us into all truth. Spirit will only speak what spirit has heard. Spirit will tell us what is yet to come. Spirit will show us what has been received from Christ. In Acts 2, Holy Spirit fills us, enables us, illuminates prophecy. It will be, Holy Spirit will be poured out on all people, sons, daughters, young men, old men, servants, men and women. In Romans 8, first fruits of the Spirit. That means when there's first fruits, that tells you there's going to be more. And we have tasted of these first fruits, but we can expect more. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. The Spirit intercedes for us in accordance with God's will. There is so much about the Spirit in those passages that I would encourage you. I think the list of passages um, is usually in the email that you get for the service. I just encourage you to go back and, and have a good look at them, a good read. Um, this is just kind of an aside, but it, it, it does line up here. When we use the term, my truth, which is a common term these days, we are not necessarily talking about the truth. We are talking about our experience, our perspective, and our conclusions, and we create a narrative. My truth can actually be in direct contradiction to the spirit of truth. And it is the spirit of truth that we really need to cuddle up to. To be clear, I'm not saying that didn't happen to you or that you don't feel that way. What I'm saying is that there is a higher truth than my truth. The spirit of truth that when embraced and believed leads to healing and hope. I'll give you an example. I've been in this situation more than once and it demonstrates this point fairly well, I think. I had a friend that was in a terrible place. They were sad and depressed and feeling quite alienated from God and their community. I called or texted or stopped by to check in most days over the span of a year. Their truth was that they had been forgotten, were too much and were no longer lovable and that nobody cared. I listened as this truth was uttered, their truth, and I waited until they had finished. 
And then I took a short turn and reminded them that I had been present with them each day of the last year. And I knew of others who had been there too. Do you know what the response was? Oh, that doesn't count, you're my friend. That still hurts. My truth might not be the whole truth. If I decide to hold on to a narrative that I have created through an awful experience and make no room for the spirit of truth to illuminate and comfort, to befriend me and be my ally, then my path to healing will be very long. If the spirit is poured out on all, it is in all of us. And when we move in friendship and allyship, when we empower others with our presence and strength, we are moving in that spirit. The truth of the Holy Spirit is that we are loved, that we have an ally advocating for us, that when we are weak, we are not being judged, but rather the Spirit is there to help us. The Spirit is the one always pointing to Jesus, witnessing to the work of Jesus. The Spirit is listening to Jesus and then sharing what was heard with us. The Spirit enables us to do what we are called to do. In Acts 2, when the Spirit fell, everyone was sharing a message in another language. And when Peter got up to clarify what was going on, he pulled up a message from Joel to explain what was happening. So this is a passage from Joel. In, in the last days, so that was then, but it's also now, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The spirit is to be poured out on all people. I remember as a young teen talking to a neighbor of mine who went to a pre-vineyard style church nearby. She was telling me about her mother speaking in tongues. I, I was intrigued and I asked what that was. And part of her explanation was this. Tongues is a gift for only really, really spiritual people. I believed her, but I was confused as to why no one I knew had that gift. And if they did, they were probably just hiding it. But in hindsight, I understand that she was actually just plain wrong. The spirit and the gifts are for all people. And I certainly saw people speak in tongues after that. That would have been a stretch to call super spiritual. The spirit is not exclusive to any portion of humanity. The spirit is indiscriminate as to who it pours out on. All people men and women, 
young and old, even servants, both the male and female servants. This list breaks down the barriers of who's in and who is out very thoroughly. It starts with all people. And in case you need more clarification, that they make sure that you understand what that really means. Men and women, a cultural stretch in a time when women were just something men possessed who had no rights of their own. Then both young and old, doesn't really matter whether a culture lauds the young or the old, there's usually a leaning to one or the other. And yet both those still wet behind the ears and those who have had better days are included in the pouring out of the spirit. And on top of that, Joel adds in the servants, but not just the men who are actually like really physically strong, but the female servants as well. Imagine bottom of the barrel. They all get the same spirit, not a bedazzled version for the girls and a macho version for the guys, not a subdued version for the slaves or a spry version for the youth, not a sage version for the elderly. The same spirit was poured out on all people. This is glorious good news for us. The spirit that Jesus sent at his ascension is for each of us. The spirit that advocates, advocates for all. The spirit that is a friend is a friend to all. The spirit that comforts, comforts each and every one of us. The spirit that illuminates, illuminates for a child with the same wattage as for the aged. The spirit that fills, fills each of us entirely, not measured out according to rank and file. The spirit of truth speaks only truth, the truth. And that God truth is for every one of us to know. The Holy Spirit speaks not only to the spiritual, but spirit speaks so that everyone can hear. Spirit strengthens and enables us, all of us. There's a chance that you may have lost your connection with the Holy Spirit, but to be sure that is not because the Spirit has left. As many of us reconfigure our beliefs along with Jesus, please hold on to the Holy Spirit. Here's a quote from Rich Vietas. Pentecost Sunday is not the celebration of an ambiguous spirit or force. It's the celebration of Jesus' ongoing presence among us. He promised to never leave nor forsake us. In the sending of the spirit, Jesus dwells with us and we with him. Additionally, on Pentecost Sunday, we are reminded that one of the marks of the outpouring of the Spirit is multi-ethnicity and reconciliation. The Spirit is not simply poured out for the private religious experiences. The Spirit is poured out to establish a new family in Christ. So then, 
Every Christian is called to be Pentecostal today. Pentecost essentially lets us know that the change we long to see personally, socially, globally, will not ultimately come through our own strength, but by God's empowerment. I want to encourage you today that the spirit is still just as near and in tune with you as ever. You may just need to lean in and rest your head on spirit's shoulder because spirit has been beside you this entire time. Please don't dismiss your friend's presence as insignificant or that it doesn't count. Your friend, no matter who they are, have Holy Spirit in them and Holy Spirit is working through them. I asked our son Dominic what he understood about the Holy Spirit just the other day. And this, is, this was his response. The Holy Spirit is God's tangible presence with us. The Holy Spirit is also how we recognize God in another person. I'll leave you with this. May the Holy Spirit in you recognize the Holy Spirit in all. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, your presence is vital to us. And where we may have not recognized you in others, we ask for mercy. Help us to see you in all those around us and to reflect you and all you have poured into us for the sake of others. Amen.